This is the Crazy Beautiful Life Podcast. I'm Bethany, but most people call me B, and I'm your host. From health and wellness, money moves, environmentalism, lifestyle design, and more, this podcast helps inspire you to live your most crazy beautiful life. And welcome back to the Crazy Beautiful Life podcast. Welcome to the 12th day of Podmas, you guys. We did it. We posted a new podcast episode every single day for 12 days straight. And I am not going to lie, I am pretty darn proud of myself because making the time and finding the inspiration to put out 12 podcasts in 12 days took a lot of heart, a lot of soul, but there is no other audience that I would rather do it for. So thank you for joining me for the 12 days of Podmas. And thank you for tuning in to the most important day of all, which is today, day 12. To those who celebrate, Merry Christmas. I hope that you are healthy. I hope that you are well, and I hope that you are having a really lovely day. And for those who do not celebrate, happy December 25th and happy new year. I am wishing you wellness and abundance and prosperity as we get closer and closer to the new year and a new beginning. I am so grateful for every single one of you who tuned in throughout the 12 days of Podmas. And I'm also super, super grateful for every single one of you who tuned in to The Crazy Beautiful Life throughout 2020. 2020 was a big year for us. The podcast grew. I gained more listeners. More people joined the Crazy Beautiful Life Facebook group. I had more guests on the show. And I am just beyond grateful for every single one of you who tune in, who listen to me, who share the podcast, who support me. You guys have no idea how much it means to a content creator to have the support of their listeners. And I just want to say thank you. And I love you. I love you all. And I am just so grateful for this podcast. I'm so grateful that I have this platform. I'm so grateful for every single one of my followers and my listeners. I truly value each and every one of you. And I feel so fortunate that I get to turn on my computer every single week and have a wee chit chat with y'all. 2020 has been a huge year for us on the podcast, but it was also a huge year around the world. With all of the loss, heartbreak, and tragedies and more that happened this year, there are also so many amazing things that took place. I really want to talk about some of the amazing things that happened this year without diminishing the severity of some of the hard losses and tragedies that have occurred. But I do want to provide a little bit of hope for y'all and talk about some of the things that were really incredible and moving and important this year. We learned some incredible lessons and I really want to share some of those lessons and I really want to share how I feel looking back at it all and looking into the future. So let's get into it. When society went into hibernation for a wee bit in March, some incredible things took place for the environment. 
when we all went to sleep for a wee bit, the environment came alive. And we saw this in the streams in Italy. When the canal started running clear, we saw wildlife coming back out and reclaiming their territory. In 2020, carbon emissions fell by 7%. This is a record decrease in carbon emissions, and we haven't ever seen um, a fall like this. This is absolutely huge. With less people flying, driving, and traveling, with production slowing down as the demand slowed down, carbon emissions went down and the environment rose up. 2020 was the first year since the Industrial Revolution that more coal plants closed than new ones opened. And more and more individuals converted to renewable forms of energy, like wind and solar. In 2020, Scotland became the first country in the world to make menstrual products free for all individuals who menstruate. Scotland put an end to period poverty in their country, setting the standard for the rest of the world. Scotland proved that that menstrual hygiene is a human right, not a privilege. Scotland stepped up and they said, hey, no person who menstruates should go without menstrual products because of finances. I could not be more excited for Scotland to have set this standard and for other countries to follow suit. Around the world, period poverty, just it's so many women and so many people who menstruate experience period poverty all around the globe, with some people in remote locations and developing countries not even having access to menstrual products. So I think with in not even just around the world, in Canada, the amount of period poverty that is experienced by menstruators in, in Canada is significant. And Scotland stepping up and saying, hey, menstrual products are a human right is huge. It is absolutely enormous. And I, I'm just so proud of this thing that came out of 2020. This year, we learned about all the amazing ways that we can be active at home and outside. We learned how to make physical activity part of our lifestyle rather than a chore or an obligation. You have to go to the gym. You have to pay these membership fees and all that. We proved that capitalism is no longer in charge of our health. We don't need to pay big bucks to big corporations in order to be active and to be healthy. With the closure of gyms, we learned how to be active in the amazing, wonderful, and beautiful outdoors. We learned how to be active in our living rooms or in our bedrooms or in our dorm rooms. We learned how to use the best weights that we are all given, and that is body weight. We learned that our health is not dictated by our ability or lack thereof to pay for a gym membership and to spend hours in a facility picking things up and putting them back down. In 2020, the first female vice president was elected to the White House in the United States. 
This is a monument in U.S. history. This is huge, proving that women are finally gaining more power and they are finally stepping into their power and they are finally being recognized for all that they are capable of. Not only is Kamala Harris the first woman in the White House, but she is a woman of color which could not be more important right now in the United States. I just can't believe it. Young girls of color all across the nation, all across the world will get to turn on their TVs and see someone who looks like them in a position of power, and they can believe that they can do it too. In 2020, nearly 26 26 million Americans came together to create the largest protest in U.S. history. On May 25th, the death of George Floyd sparked an international movement known as Black Lives Matter. This movement stretched across the United States, across Canada, and across the entire world. People went to the front lines. They faced police brutality. They faced tear gas. They faced armed riot crews, and they demanded justice. They demanded peace. They demanded a change in society and a change in the system that black lives matter. Black, indigenous, people of color matter. People all across the entire world went to the front lines. They rallied, they cried, they shouted, and they fought for the rights, equality, and equity for BIPOC minorities. As 2020 comes to an end, we have more people now than ever facing their implicit bias, unlearning certain habits and thought processes. We have people finally supporting Black authors, people amplifying Black Indigenous voices, supporting Black businesses and film creators and more. The NBA joined the support alongside several other sports teams and influential people. In 2020, we and they and everyone who joined the Black Lives Matter movement, all of these strong Black Indigenous people of color who fought for this, they started a movement, a huge, huge, huge movement that will go down in history forever. They created space for a conversation that needed to happen, that was long overdue. They put the faces of people who had been murdered, Black Indigenous people of color who had been murdered, And they amplified them. And they showed and they spoke and they got the attention of the entire world. And now more people than ever have joined hands and decided that society needs to change, the justice system needs to change, and the murder of Black Indigenous people of color will no longer be tolerated. That came out of 2020, y'all. That is huge. In 2020, several women joined hands, menstruators, men, women alike, non-binary, all sorts of individuals in Poland joined their hands and they fought for reproductive rights and they brought light to a huge issue that is going on in their country and in countries around the world regarding anti-choice. They started anti-choice protests. 
They are taking down anti-choice people. And they are fighting for the rights for women's and menstruators' reproductive rights. That is huge. In 2020, we learned about the importance of of supporting small businesses in our communities. We leaned on each other and woke up to the fact that Amazon really isn't everything. In 2020, jaw-dropping news about the CEO of Amazon not paying taxes came out. The net worth of the CEO of Amazon came out, and we decided that supporting a small business was more important. We decided that supporting a local family meant helping pay for someone's hockey practices instead of supporting the CEO of Amazon to buy himself another mansion. In 2020, the Supreme Court of America finally passed the law that no one can be fired from their job for being LGBTQ+, for being transgender, for being non-binary. The Supreme Court finally said no one can lose their job for being who they are and loving who they want to love. In 2020, we redefined the way that we think of the typical nine to five, proving that there can be a different way of doing things than what we are accustomed to. We can choose how we want to rebuild this earth. We can choose how and when we want to do things. In 2020, we gained a blank slate, and we finally have the chance to decide how we want to rebuild our societies, our communities, and theoretically, the world. In 2020, we went inward. We found ways to entertain ourselves and keep ourselves busy. We developed habits to create little bits of joy in our lives. We gathered around the TV and binge-watched Tiger King. We got in touch with our creative sides and the creative part of our brain we don't always use with Bob Ross. We picked up new habits, new interests, maybe even some new hobbies and activities. And we worked on the most important relationship of all, and that is our relationship with ourselves. We learned how to entertain ourselves, to love ourselves, to be kind to ourselves, and to care for ourselves. We learned so much this year, and there were so many huge things that happened this year. Despite the virus, despite the pandemic, despite the tragedies, the heartache, the heartbreak, and the struggles, we can pull so many amazing things from this year. I decided to ask a few of my closest friends what were some of the things that they learned this year, and these are the responses that I got. that it's okay if all you did was get out of bed and get dressed. It's okay to not answer text messages or be 100% all the time. It's okay to slow down and not always be productive according to society's standards. And it's okay to not be okay. In 2020, I found a home within myself. I found ways to be comfortable being alone. found ways to be happy being alone. Yeah, I am my home. That's what I learned. This year has been a really important year, I would say, in terms of conversations being had. Obviously, we're having tougher, deeper, more meaningful conversations, which leads 
to eventually someone taking something the wrong way. So I would say the biggest thing I learned this year was regardless of my intentions of what I was trying to say, it's how that person is receiving it. And if that person received it in a negative way, I have to take ownership of that, whether it was my tone, whether they interpreted it in a totally different way that was harmful to them. Um, I think that was the biggest thing. It's made me think before I speak, even though that's still an ongoing process, I would say that thinking before I speak and understanding how someone might perceive and receive the information that I'm telling them has made a huge impact on my conversations and the way I talk to people and how I should be talking to people. And I think it's also made me a more kind and considerate person because I am taking their feelings or I'm hoping that I'm taking their thoughts and feelings into account before I say something that might be controversial, that might, um, they might deem to be something that they don't maybe agree with. So I think even though the intent is pure, depending on how they receive it is the most important thing. And saying your story based on the reception, I believe, is really important. So I would say that that is the biggest thing I learned this year, even though it's super long-winded. All I just want to say to people is, if someone receives it the wrong way, don't be defensive. Just say, I did not intend for it to be that way. And just own your mistakes, because that's what's going to make us bigger people, and it's going to make us more thoughtful in the end. So if I can impart any wisdom onto anyone, that's what I would do, or that's what I would say to people. There were so many lessons that were learned in 2020, but I think that they were all really, really necessary. We were all so engulfed and consumed by hustle culture, always thinking that we need to be doing the most in order to achieve what we wanted in life. I too was 157,000% consumed by hustle culture. And I needed this to really teach me a lesson that that is not a very good way of life. We all needed a much-deserved nap. We all needed to go into hibernation for a little bit. We all needed to be smacked right in the face with the harsh realities of our own biases and our own processes that we have learned throughout our lives. One of the biggest things that I'm taking away from 2020 is hope. There is hope for women and our reproductive rights and our reproductive health and our reproductive education and knowledge. There is hope. There is hope for people who menstruate and that one day period poverty will not be something that plagues thousands of women around the world and in Canada. There is hope for our environment. There is hope for the climate. There is hope for the soil. There is hope for the ocean. There is hope. There is hope that as more and more and more people go outside and reconnect with nature, that they too will want to protect it. There is hope. There is hope for black, indigenous people of color. There is hope for black boys and girls that they will be able to grow up in a world that is safe, that they will have the same opportunities as their classmates. 
there is hope that we will see a time when Black, Indigenous, people of color lives matter to everyone. There is hope that the murder, the innocent murder of BIPOC minorities will stop. There is hope for Indigenous rights right here in Canada. There is hope that all Indigenous communities in Canada will have access to the basic necessities that they need. There is hope. There is hope that we will see the end of violence against women. There is hope that the vaccine will come and the virus will end and the lockdown will finish and we will all rejoice. There is hope that we will all become healthier. We will all become happier. We will all experience health and wealth and prosperity and abundance. There is hope. There is hope for the outdoors. There is hope for the protection of public lands. And there is hope that as more people love the outdoors, they will want to fight and protect the places that they love. There is hope that more money will be sunk into supporting resources for mental health and mental well-being. There is hope for small businesses. There is hope for the the families that the small businesses support. There is hope. There is hope in so many places in this world. There is hope that if we all come together, if we support each other, if we support ourselves, if we support our neighbors, if we support the environment, and if we support those who are most vulnerable, there is hope in this world. I believe it. I feel it in my soul. I know that it is out there. Because hope is rooted in love. And always in the most trying of times, we can find love. We can lean on love. And we can lean on each other. I have hope for you. I have hope for me. I have hope for endangered species. I have hope for the nutrition of our soil. I have hope for the oceans. I just, I have hope. There are so many brilliant people in this world who can contribute so much to so many different avenues. And I have hope and I am going to hold on to that hope for as long as I can. And I'm going to bring it with me everywhere that I go. And I'm going to spread it to as many people as possible. Join together, come together, spread love and spread hope. Thank you to every single one of you who believed in me this year because I too believe in every single one of you. I believe in the estrogen empire. I believe into all of you, every single one of you here right now listening to this podcast. I believe in you. I believe in hope. I believe in love. It's a beautiful life.